Welcome to the show. You are now part of the Revenue Intelligence Podcast powered by Gong. We're your hosts, Devin Reed. And I'm Sheena Badani. Revenue intelligence is a new way of operating based on customer reality instead of opinions, making data-driven decisions based on facts instead of opinions or guesswork. And it's made up of three success pillars, people success, deal success, and strategy success. You know, the things all revenue teams need and care about. Every week, we interview senior revenue professionals, and they share their stories and insights on how they leverage revenue intelligence to drive success and win their market. You'll hear how modern go-to-market teams win as a team, close revenue with critical deal insight, and execute their strategic initiatives, plus all the challenges that come along with it. Sheena, how's it going? Today is a great day. It's actually one of my favorite holidays. Today it's Halloween. And we had a great Halloween celebration here in the office. So everyone's dressed up in really fun costumes. We did. I had a feeling it might be one of your favorite holidays because you did come dressed up. You had a great costume. I was called out multiple times because I did not wear a costume today. Uh, I had no good excuse. I'm just not a Halloween person. But tell the people what your costume is. So I was actually one of our operating principles, which is no sugar. And that's all about being direct and honest and providing honest feedback, but still respecting the person that you're giving it to. So maybe you'll only understand it if you're a gongster, but it was fun nonetheless. <laughs> if you're not a gongster, you probably just thought you're doing like the whole 30 or something, right? Just cutting right. <laughs> out sugar for a while and just letting everyone know. But the uh, candy corn earrings were a nice touch as well. Exactly. Uh, so for today's episode, we had a chance to interview Ed Kalnan, founder and president of Seismic. Uh, he was a part of the CRO panel, how top-tier CROs build revenue teams at the Celebrate Conference, our annual conference here at Gong. And uh, I had to say it was a fantastic panel, second favorite behind Patty McCord, but he was by far to me the most interesting person on that panel, specifically because of his 500 pen story. Mm -hmm. So basically what it was is uh, he said that he had a sales rep on his team who was struggling to close. I think it was late in the quarter, hadn't signed a single deal yet which uh, is never a good place to be. And uh, what he did was he Amazoned this rep 500 pens, uh, no name, just a note, on a Saturday morning. And he said the rep opened up the box, it was 500 pens, and said, hey, since you're struggling to close a deal this quarter, thought these might help. Pretty cold, pretty hilarious. Really <laughs> glad I've never been in a place where I had to have 500 pens sent to me, but I still have a lot of friends in sales and might have to uh, steal that from him. Uh, let's go ahead and dive into it with our interview with Ed Kalnan. We recorded this interview at our annual conference, Celebrate, in case you hear some background noise during the interview. Hi, everybody. This is Sheena Badani. I'm here at Celebrate, our first annual industry conference. And it's a pleasure to be joined by Ed Kalnan, who is the founder and CRO at Seismic. So thanks for joining us in this conversation today. Thanks for having me. Um, so you just stepped off the panel with uh, some peers and uh, CROs of other companies. Would love to hear some of the your favorite things that came out of that panel. Yeah, I mean, I think it was uh, it was really relevant topic for um, for the time we're in about yeah. coaching and training and ramping sales reps. Um, you know, it, it ties right back to your keynote this morning about how do you go from you know a small amount of reps to a large amount of reps, and how do you analyze and make sure that their production and their ramp are actually working. Mm -hmm. um, we talked a little bit about the difference between training and coaching mm -hmm. and playbooks and development of reps, mm -hmm. I think, because they are distinct, different things. But I thought it was great. I was lucky enough to be, I mean, Josh and Mark are awesome and Ryan did a great job. 
Sales enablement is also a newer space. Yep. Um, can you tell me a little bit about how that's evolved over time and what are some of the biggest pitfalls that companies deal with today? Yeah, so it's uh, it's this concept that's been around since the beginning of business, right? It's like marketing creates a bunch of stuff. Salespeople don't know where it is and don't know how to use it effectively. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of bridge that gap. And now in 2019, we analyze everything underneath. Yeah. So it's like you turn on our infrastructure and you can listen to the behavior of the marketing team, listen to the behavior of the sales team. And much like the Gong platform, we analyze all of it yeah. and then give feedback. And, you know, nine years ago when we started the company, sales enablement really wasn't a category. And I'd love to say that we had this grand plan of being this category leader. We didn't. We knew we wanted to fix that fundamental problem of connecting marketing and sales. Yeah. And over time, if you look at LinkedIn, a number of sales enablement titles in the last 24 months has climbed from like 3,500 to like 75,000 professionals. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So the industry, you know, people are really waking up at the C-suite to understand that if you, if you can enable your sales professionals more effectively, good things are going to happen. Mm -hmm. And talk to me a little bit more about the role of data and all of that. Because sure, like me and the marketing team, I can create stuff, hand it over to sales. I have no idea if you're using it. Um, what is the role of data and how do you use it to continuously improve your sales enablement team and the folks who are developing the content for sales enablement? Yeah, so for the marketing side, you know, on your side of the business, it really starts with insight to the conversations that the reps are having in the field. Like the Gong platform delivers excellent insight to the conversations on the phone. Yeah. But once you get into the physical world and enterprise reps go out to visit CMOs to talk about fixing business problems, all that information is lost. Mm -hmm. And what we do is we help the marketing team get insight to what the sellers are using at what stage of the sales cycle, whether or not that content's actually moving the needle in the pipeline, yeah. and then help them plan their year heading into next year. So if great example is a lot of people used to create white papers, these long form pieces of content, yeah. and we can analyze every time a seller uses it in a sales pursuit, but also more importantly, every time uh, it's sent to a prospect. And so what we found in the last year of analyzing all that data is people don't like to read long documents anymore. They like to look at snippets of video on their phones. So as you're planning your budget for next year, why print more white papers when you should build more videos? And you can then use that data to show the CEO why you need to increase the budget 50% next year on the video side. Now for salespeople, it also helps them get a sense for what's working with their peers. Because we're all pretty competitive people, type A personalities. So everybody knows who's doing really well. And it's great insight for sellers to be able to go in. And if you're the top salesperson at the company, yeah. to go in there and say, all right, what's she doing? At what stage of the sales cycle? What, what, why is her game so much better than mine? Uh, and then analyze all of that and make everything better as we go. So mm -hmm. the next time Seismic suggests you use a piece of content, it has data behind it that shows that this video case study or this PowerPoint presentation is successful most of the time. Right. Yeah. Right. Now imagine if you had a system that was able to tell you, hey, this is the actual piece of content you should be giving this customer at this moment in time. That's what like, we that do. That would exactly like, right. totally transformational. Yeah. So when we started, it was, it was really all about arming sales reps to have the right conversation at the right time. Yeah. 
And that's precisely what we do using data. So if you're walking into an organization, we know from CRM what the opportunity is, whether they're a prospect or a client, what products they buy, what the buyer persona is, what industry it's in, what country of the world it's in. And we take all of that information and we say, okay, based upon all of this stuff that we know, here's the right conversation to have. And it's fascinating because it saves sales reps an average of 30 hours a week looking for the right things to use in their presentations. So it's great. And probably makes it for a better customer experience too. I'm getting something that I care about. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly right. Relevant conversations are what it's all about in 2019, for sure. So you touched a little bit on skills. Um, When you look to grow your team and hire, what type of skills and capabilities are you looking for? It's funny, we talked a little bit about that during the panel. Like sales, when I started my career a long time ago, it was more you'd hear like the characteristics for a seller are who's the most gregarious, who's the most outgoing, mm-hmm. who's the type A personality, who's fearless and tough. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's all changed because, you know, 20 years later, it's more about who's analytical, who can diagnose the customer situation, who can use the right content, mm-hmm. who can th- use the right data to drive the right conversations. So it's, you know, you still have to be tough, you still have to work hard, you still have to be competitive. You also have to be smart and you gotta think through every single interaction. You know, selling today, the buyers have become more complex. You know, they know, if you read the analyst reports, they know 70% of the buyer's journey is done before the sales Mm -hmm. rep shows up, Mm -hmm. right? So they know who you are, they know what customers like you, what customers hate you, what your price points are. And if you don't use that to your advantage, you're gonna lose a lot more than you win. Right. So we like to get people who are thoughtful, who are analytical, who are smart, who think critically, um, and then use the tools at their disposal to have better conversations and win more. In every episode, we have a data breakout, a quick sidebar to look at the data. Ed is most likely citing the popular stat from Serious Decisions, noting 67% of the buyer's journey is now done digitally. This means if you're relying on a single source of information to run your business, which in the past was typically your sales team, your go-to-market approach needs some updating. Consider this. In the research phase, 72% of buyers start with Google, like all of us, which begs the question, what will they find? And is that the narrative that you want told to start your relationship? Now, your digital presence is more important than ever. And telling this narrative takes time to convert into a sales opportunity, with nurtured leads contributing 20% more to sales pipeline than non-nurtured leads. So how are you managing your not now conversations? 90% of buyers say they'll find you when they're ready, but that doesn't mean you should wait. This is where your sales team really comes into play. They need to be armed with your messaging and equipped to deliver in every selling scenario. This is how modern revenue teams win. They accept the new complexities of our digital environment and they execute at every turn. I mean, a lot of those skills are you know, fundamental. They're also really tough. Do you think some of those can be taught? Um, and how do you train on those once you have reps that you think, okay, they could use some additional help on and the analysis side of things or be better critical thinkers? Yeah, it's tough because you can, 
you know, that's the difference between training and coaching, right? Yeah. So you can train anyone. You know, you start at the company tomorrow. I give you your Mac. I give you your your playbook. You go through a curriculum for 12 weeks, and we can see if you're doing the work or not, right? Mm -hmm. That's that's so it's easy to measure that. The hard part is to take coaching in real time and to apply it to real life scenarios, right? Yeah. And so we, I, I mentioned it on stage, we, we have a really good track record of hiring. hiring um, so our BDR team is fresh grads and we, we've always had a great success with hiring college athletes, mm -hmm. you know, and it's less so about the competitiveness and the toughness and more so about the ability to take coaching. Yes. And I think that's the most, you know, because we all are sensitive and we all have fragile egos. But if you've, you know, one of the people on our team uh, was a starting pitcher at Stanford. So imagine you're out there on the mountain all by yourself and you give up a home run and there's nowhere to hide and you go back to the dugout and the coach has some advice for you and you're used to getting that feedback. Yeah. I think that's critical and you don't have to be an athlete to work in software sales, but you have to have that self-awareness and the ability to take coaching mm -hmm. and take that coaching and then the next inning when you go up back to that pitcher's mound to make sure that you apply it to the next batter so they're not gonna hit one out of the park again. Yeah. And that's the key, is to try to, the ability to be self-aware and take the assessment, but also to put it into practice in real time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even one of our values is uh, no sugar. Yeah. So, you know, how can you take that feedback um, take it as somebody is invested in your career, they care about you, they want you to further develop, and then of course internalize it and show that you know you can do a better job the next time. That's right, yeah. A lot of folks I think in our audience are aspiring CROs. Sure. Um, could you tell us a little bit more about uh, you know day in the life of a CRO? What does that look like? Take another job. No, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's wonderful. I, I, uh, I, I like to coach. I have two sons that are in high school and I've coached them in sports their whole lives. And uh, I, I think that's the best part of my job is to be the head coach of the team and to try to, you know, figure out what makes each individual tick. Mm -hmm. You know, in the early days, we, you know, we started the company from scratch. There was four of us. And so the, the sales team was little. Mm -hmm. So it was a bunch of us sitting in a room saying, all right, I'm gonna go do this, you go do that, you go do this. Now, as we, you know, we're about, we're over 800 employees now, yeah. you know, and we're global. So now my job is very different, trying to help my managers do the same thing. Um, you know, but I think if you are a, a person that enjoys being challenged every day, um, you know, you're only as good as your last quarter. Mm -hmm. You know, so sales sometimes gets all the credit mm -hmm. and they certainly get all the blame. Mm -hmm. And you need to, you know, if you want to try to figure out the best part of the job is like, we've never missed a year, right? In nine years in revenue targets, we've missed quarters for sure. Yeah. Um, that's my favorite part of the job is looking at the film and trying to figure out, okay, what didn't go right? And then applying it for the next quarter. And then more importantly, when you're having successful quarters to look at the film yeah. and say, okay, maybe, you know, why are we winning? Is it because we're really good and our product's great or it's because everybody else stinks and we were lucky this time, mm -hmm. right? And so if you're interested in those types of things, uh, and it's a different job. If you start off as a sales leader as a, at a growth company, the, one of the intriguing things and gratifying things is it changes literally every single year. Yeah. Like my job is different every six months, which is for me exciting. I get bored easily. So. What was your favorite six-month period? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you'd have to ask the team. I think that they... Uh, I try to keep a pretty measured approach where the highs are pretty measured and the lows are pretty measured. 
there's too many to count, honestly. I think they just feel differently. You know, in the early days when we got our first million dollar contract, it's like, you know, we drank a bunch of beers and we celebrated and then we got up the next day and tried to find the next one. Um, you know, now it's more about kind of growing into other geographies, growing into other markets. You know, we talked a little bit about you, how you've repositioned the brand here mm -hmm. and you're charging into a newer markets with a more intelligent message. Mm -hmm. That type of stuff's really, really fun. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I think there's too many to count. I got yeah. the best job ever. Yeah. yeah. Are there any critical initiatives that are top of mind for you now as a CRO that you're focused on for Seismic? Make the number. <laughs> Always. <laughs> yeah, and it really starts there. And I mean, the objectives, you know, and the initiatives all add up to that, yes. right? It's like, we're going to, you know, our investors deserve aggressive growth again for the balance this year and next year. Mm -hmm. And it's all about the different pieces to figure out how to deliver that. Mm -hmm. And so like, you know, when you're growing fast, you guys know here at Gong, you guys are killing it. Like everything's on fire at the same time. Yes. I think as leaders, it's our job to figure out, you know, which building have the cats in it, you know, so I'm going to go put that one out first, you know, and, and it's, that's what makes it fun. I mean, I, I, I would, I wouldn't want to be sitting in a cube working for a big company again. I've done that before. Yeah. Um, and it's really exciting to be able to build something with people you care about and that you trust. And uh, so we're thinking about, you know, this year finishing strong. Next year, we're going global in a big way. Mm -hmm. You know, 95% of our customers now are American-based global companies. Okay. You know, we set up a team in London earlier this year, just set up a team in France, setting up a team actively in Germany, Congrats. setting up in Singapore in January. So, you know, that presents itself with different challenges, selling into different markets, but it's super exciting. That, that yeah. is really fun. Yeah. And we look forward to keeping up with their growth and transformation over time. But thanks so much, Ed, for joining us today. Yeah, I appreciate you having and me. And hope you can get back to the conference and enjoy some of the next upcoming sessions. Yeah, speakers are great. I can't wait. Every week, we bring you a micro action. It can be as simple as something to think about or an action you can put into play today. So for today's episode, what's the weakest part of your customer journey and how are you addressing it? Consider taking a step back and looking at your entire customer journey from first touch to close. Put yourself in the buyer's shoes and question every stage. How quickly are your inbound leads getting a follow-up? Are your sales dev team and closers working as a cohesive unit? And can your AE to CF handoff be improved? Pick the most pressing challenge and start there. Focusing on your market is just as important as your approach. They're intertwined. This is how you understand and master your customer reality. Did you like today's episode? Subscribe now so next week's episode will be waiting for you on Monday. And if you really like the podcast, please leave a review. Five-star reviews go a long way to help get the word out there. And if you're not ready to give a five, check out another episode and see if we've won you over by then. And if you have any feedback or you want us to interview one of your favorite revenue leaders, just email us at reveal at gong.io.